Amen. You know, that sermon has nothing to do with the, uh, that video has nothing to do with the sermon, but I just liked it. Amen. Just, I had to play it again. Well, good morning, church. Can we, can we flip a light? Where's Jason? Flip a light back there so we can have a little light back there. Amen. It's good to see y'all. We have uh, some special guests with us this morning. Well, you're all special. Amen. But uh, Mike and Sue Jacoby, I know you're sitting somewhere. Where are you at? Right here. Right here. Stand up. Yeah, stand up. They are from our first church in Nebraska uh, called Heartland. No, it was called Norfolk Baptist. All right. All right. Norfolk Baptist. I knew it had a name to it. And they got saved like the first year. So, I mean, they're old. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> One of the first uh, converts that ever, we've ever had in our church. So we just praise God for these guys. Uh, serve God faithfully since they've been saved. I mean, really serve God. Just jumped right into serving the Lord. So we just praise God. Their son now is a pastor in Kansas City. Yeah, amen. And so we just praise the Lord for them. Um, last week had a great service. Uh, uh, Judy was able to get a text. Uh, she was going to share it, but let me, all right, if I share it. Okay, so uh, last week we had 100 extra people here, right? I mean, because of backpacks, shoes, uh, gift cards, 100 extra people. And um, Janelle noticed in the back, because she's the greeter and she's back there observing. And one of the things she noticed is that all of you guys, seriously, all of you pitched in. And you helped all these people with the shoes and with the gift cards and the backpacks. What a blessing. Amen. Amen. We don't want to be one of those church people that just ignore the new visitors that come in. Man, you guys really jumped in. So, and she, was, she, she, she named several things. So praise God. Give yourselves a hand. Amen. <laughs> Seriously, give yourself a hand. Did a great job. Last week, I think seven people trusted Christ. Amen. Is that what it's all about? Yeah. Amen. Okay, we are here to help people find, and so seven people found the Lord, and follow. So now we got to follow. So, so maybe there's a couple people here besides these two that got saved last week, but Jake and Jennifer, why don't you stand real quick? They actually prayed and trusted Christ. <laughs> trusted Christ last week, so we got together and had coffee, and he's excited. His wife says, he's changing already. He may be a preacher. Who knows? Amen. <laughs> so praise the Lord. I appreciate you being here. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1 as we... Uh, <clears throat> okay, adulting. Okay, not adultery. <laughs> adulting is what we're... Go- this is a new series we're looking at for the next several weeks because... Uh, September 9th, we really come out with a bang. We're going to start a series then on um, Mission Mission Possible. Uh, And we're going to have the theme song, Mission Impossible, and just excited about the new series in the book of Acts. And how that church turned the world upside down in that generation. And we we just want to learn from them and, and, and just some of the high points of the book of Acts and uh, really make application. So that's September 9th. But until then, we're going to talk about adulting, okay? And uh, so Proverbs chapter 1, the word adulting just simply means this, the process of becoming a mature person. The process of becoming a mature person. Not just spiritually. 
Because the book of Proverbs touches a lot of areas of our lives, amen, to help us to mature. And so we want to, we want to mature spiritually, but there's so many others like, you know, like becoming, you know, a, a, a contributor to our society, right? Just, just simply uh, holding down a job necessarily, uh, raising a family. Uh, but this is the idea. Someone who can do what's needed when it's needed to be done and then steps in and does it, right? I mean, just sees the, sees the need and just steps up to the plate. That's called an adult rather than just running from the situation. Now, what we always think is that we think that time, over time, they're going to mature. <laughs> they're going to grow up. But how many of you know I'm not talking about your spouse. How many of you know people that over a decade of time, you're thinking they're going to grow up, but they never did? All of us have an uncle like that, maybe an aunt, maybe a a cousin, maybe a brother, maybe a dad, maybe a mom. Maybe it's you. Oh, uh uh-oh, some elbowing over there. Okay. So, you know, we think that time helps us to grow up, but the reality is this, listen. Time does not grow us up. It's the choices that we make that grow us up. It's the choices. We are who we are because of the choices that we've made. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about these choices. Today, we're going to talk about this choice. All right? This is the title of the message. Adults choose to face reality. Adults choose to face reality. In other words... Uh, uh, they, they come to grips with what's true. Okay, a lot of people are forced to grow up, right? And then, and then it's, it's always easy to point out somebody else's area that they need to grow up, right? I mean, it's so easy, but when it comes to us, uh, well, yeah, you know, if you keep, keep treating your wife that way, uh, I'm sure that she won't be with you for very long, much longer. I mean, it's easy to see that in other people, but when it comes to ourselves, we have, we have blind spots. Josh, can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. We have blind spots. And uh, so, so it's, it's hard for us to face reality sometimes. Um, but it's easy to see that in other people. And so we're going to dive into this, but we're going to have a word of prayer first. I mean, how many, I mean, I have people come up to me and say, what happened to your wife? I mean, it must have been on social media already this morning. And we're going to talk about that. Okay, uh, she cracked some ribs. She just wouldn't listen. Can I hear anything? Just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. But anyway, she cracked some ribs. We was in the ER this morning. She's doing much better. She's back there. Wave. She's doing great. Amen. So, so this is a very, very important message because we all want to grow up. And Proverbs is going to talk about that. So let's go to the Lord and ask the the Lord and the Holy Spirit to just really open our eyes and our minds and be in tune to his Holy Spirit and his word. Father, we just come to you this morning. We just thank you for this opportunity we have just to be together as a family. Now, as as we open the word of God, Lord, we ask that you would give insight. You'd give us understanding that we would be a church that aren't full of immature, immature, yeah, as far as young, but Lord, help us to be a church that's desiring to grow up not just spiritually, of course spiritually, but in every area, whether we be husbands, wives, raising our families. Uh, Father, help us to do what the book of Proverbs talks about. 
And Father, if there's someone here that has never trusted your son and the blood that he shed on the cross for us, Father, I pray that today would be the day when they reach out and accept your son as the payment, as their savior. And Father, we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Proverbs chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 1, and then we're going to put verse 2 on the screen and just kind of go through the first four verses. Uh, Solomon says this. He said, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, the king of Israel. Okay, so he just says, this is the book of Proverbs. Okay, but notice verse 2, what he says here. He says, their purpose. What's he talking about? Purpose of what? The book of Proverbs. Okay, the purpose of this book. Now, this book is fantastic. If you have an opportunity to, uh, a lot of people read one proverb a day. There's 31 proverbs. They, they read one proverb a day. Some people read uh, uh, one proverb a month, you know, to, to go through it. But the proverbs have a purpose. Okay, and notice what, what it says. It says, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline. Okay, in other words, you, you, you get wisdom, but you also have the discipline to make application. He says, to help them understand inside and wise. So, so this is talking about growing up, right? It's talking about adulting, becoming an adult. Verse, verse 3. Their purpose is still on that same thought. The purpose of the Proverbs is to teach people to live discipline and successful lives. Again, there's no doubt what this is telling us. To, to help them to be, look, to do what's right, just, and fair. No doubt it's talking about growing up and becoming an adult. Verse 4. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young so the proverbs the book of proverbs the purpose of this is to help you and me to grow up now you hear a lot of people i never want to grow up well you never want to become mature you never want to be a a, a responsible you never want to you don't want to respect people no they're just talking about they just want to have fun okay and that's understandable but we're talking about a whole different era to be able to see what's needed to be done and then step up to the plate and do it. And you get that from the Word of God. This is the purpose of the book of Proverbs, but also of all the Word of God. Now again, why do we not face reality? Why is it so hard for you and I to face the truth? Why? Because it's painful. It's painful to be honestly and truthful with somebody, right? I mean, you ever, you ever, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're around somebody that has stinky breath. You ever been around somebody that has stinky breath? Raise your hand. So you're engaged with me this morning. I mean, you ever just felt like telling them, man, you're invading my space. You're polluting my air. Anybody ever thought, you know, just you wanted to say that, but you don't. Why? It hurts. My wife is blunt sometimes, and she tells me, Honey, here's a stick of gum. I know what she means. Amen? I got a lady in church who gives me a pack of gum every week. But the reason she does is not because I got bad breath. She loves me. Amen? So I'll expect gifts from all of you next week. Amen? But it's, 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 you ever been to a restaurant and you're eating with somebody that got something in their tooth? They've been eating, they've been eating salad, and they got this big old piece, of, and you're just wanting to... You, know, you're just gonna, you just don't want to tell them. You like that? Oh, they got a hanger. 
You know, they got they they got a hang. This is real life, right? Real life. They got, they got a hanger, and you're you're sitting there, you're looking everywhere, but and you go, like, you know, you're. Just, come on, amen. You don't want to tell them because they'll get embarrassed. It hurts to be truthful. All right, but 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 the the, the scripture teaches that that the person that is willing to face reality steps up to the plate, you know, and, and, and helps out with these people. That, you know, what we treat our souls like we treat our cars. We keep the hood down, we drive it until it falls apart. Then we take it to somebody else to fix. That's the way we treat our souls. That's the way we treat our, we, we literally wait and then we have problems with our marriage. We take it to somebody else. Will you fix this? Have a problem with the race our kids. Would you fix this? I mean, I mean, rather than seeing it far, we just den- we basically don't want to even think about it, okay? We have a daughter or a son that's hanging around with the wrong kind of people, and, uh, you know, we don't want to, we just don't want to face that because we know what's going to happen if we tell her, hey, you can't hang around that person. They're going to take you down, and basically, you would ruin your life. I mean, you're at the very vulnerable stage. You don't want you there. Well, what we do is we do, well, I hope it all turns out right. An adult steps up to the plate. Can I hear an amen? And says, no. You guys listening right here? No. It's a great word. Can I, amen? Can adults right up here? Everybody together. We're going to say no together. Can we do that? No. Great word. Great word. For teenagers. <laughs> amen. Would, would, say, would leave it right there. Teenagers. All right. So, so it's painful. And so this is what we do. Number one, we live in denial right? We, we create this scenario in our lives where we're just lying to ourselves. We're, we're deceiving ourselves when we think everything's okay, when oh, there's really not a problem with my marriage. You, know, you just, you just kind of ignore that. The, I, I don't have a problem with my fine, you know, I don't have a, fi- a problem with my finances. I don't, I don't have a problem. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going bankrupt, but I, we just don't have a problem with spending. I don't have no money. We're in bankrupts. I can't pay my bills. Uh, no problem. Uh, isn't that the way we are? Somebody walks up, how are you doing? Oh, we're doing great. And when things are falling apart, we live in denial. We don't like to face reality because it hurts. We'd have to step up to the plate and do something about it, like our health. This is America. Health. <laughs> we're doing great. I just found that this morning. A, a, a friend of mine had a, was it five by six bypass just this list uh, crazy i mean we, we say oh blah. i don't have to worry about what i eat all this grease these fried taters how many just love fried? Uh, am i the only one i mean just, yeah amen yeah he's <laughs> i want some <laughs> you know we and, and and so we just ignore it because oh it's gonna be okay you know no problem. I, I'm just big boned. Not a big problem. I just, you know, we, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, it comes home. We, and, and, and sometimes it's too late. Right? It's irreversible. The marriage is done. I, I don't, how many times I've been called to a meeting. And the wife, after 17, just one, I'll give you one for 17 years. We're sitting at McDonald's, right? And tears start rolling down her cheek as I'm trying to fix this. And her lip quivers and she says, I hate this man. Out of the blue. 
Because all these years, he just ignored her. And all the stuff she was saying to him, just ignored her. And all of a sudden, she was full of bitterness, and it's over. And it never was repaired. Irreversible. Health the same way. We have to step up to the plate. Adults step up to the plate, sees what's needed, faces the truth, and deals with it. Okay? So it's so painful. What we do is we deny it. Or we medicate. <laughs> we self-medicate. And we do this all the time. Preacher, watch where you're walking. Right? Tread carefully. Well, let's blame it on the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? Oh, me? <laughs> we do. We, 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 we have a problem with our marriage. All right? And we're constantly arguing. So, so what do you do? You just go in the bedroom and you get on social media. You binge for hours on social media because you never have to face the problem. Something comes up. Yeah, I'm glad. Come up. Now we can go do something. You know, you just stay away. How about, how about you know, you, you turn, you have, these, you have these kids' problems, but instead of dealing with them, you go home and there's this, there's this cookies and cream ice cream <laughs> in the freezer. And you grab the gallon and you take it to your bedroom. And you're just, and, and all of, or you, go, you go buy a case of beer over the weekend. You know, and you just, in one day, gone. Okay, you just, you just, so, so, so what happens is, you know, those are, you know, they're, they're behaviors that actually work. They work. These escape behaviors actually work, but not for long. Can you hear amen? They really work. It, it allows us to escape from reality. And they work. The problem is it doesn't last for long. So we self-medicate. We all, we all have something. Okay? Some people go shopping. You're feeling low? How many, how many love to shop when you're, when you're down? Is there any men here? I want to see. Any, any men? Well, no, I said man, not that's a woman. You, you'd like to do it? Okay, okay. I mean, isn't that funny how that makes you feel better? Now, I'm not saying that you're, that's what you're doing, but I mean, those are the behaviors. And, but, but here's the problem with when we do those kinds of things. Um, and I, I, back in the back, I had this today. It was, it was fantastic. Um, some guy was talking to me. And uh, his daughter came up and interrupted us. And he said, am I talking? Isn't that good? Isn't that good? That's an adult stepping up and saying, honey, just wait. We're talking. Rather than letting the kid come in and take over and take charge. That's adults. But anyway, I don't know. I just threw that in there because I wanted to. <laughs> so what happens when we, we have this behavior, what happens is the problem is still there. But the deal after years and years, it escalates and snowballs and so the problems actually get worse they actually get worse they snowball and that was that health issue i was talking about that's your children you you put it off from telling them no all these years and then before you know it they're old enough where they're not even going to listen to a word you say okay again adult steps up to the plate confronts the issue and then deals with it doesn't ignore it doesn't medicate Deals with it. Now, we have an illustration of this in 2 Samuel, I'll get it right. 
2 Samuel, turn with me to, Pro, or I want to say Proverbs, 2 Samuel 12, 5. All right, let's all turn there. David is this example, okay? Beautiful example of not wanting to face the truth and be honest with himself, okay? We have in verses uh, uh, 1 through 4, Nathan comes to David. He had, David has slept with Bathsheba. He's the king. He's on top of his castle. He looks over, he sees Bathsheba, and he, he has his guys go get her. He sleeps with her, okay? And then he sends her back. This is another man's wife, and then he sends her back. And uh, he think, thinks everything's okay. She ends up getting pregnant. So then David, what do I do? What do I do? Well, then he, he goes and he summons her husband from war. Uriah. And so Uriah comes and he's thinking, now it's all done. He'll go home, sleep with her. But he doesn't, his plan doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so he has to go to the next step to cover up his sin, not to face reality and say, hey, I blew it. He's covering it up. So he goes out and he tells the guys, he's, Uriah goes back to war and he says, pull your men from the war zone so that he's left there alone and he's killed. This is King David, a man after God's own heart. This is what he did. So he's covered up. Well, that, goes, that, that happened, and David said, oh, my plan finally worked. Okay, then he took her to marry him. So Nathan comes up here, and he tells David this story. He said, David, here, here's this story, verses 1 through 4. He says, there's this man who has all these sheep, beautiful, luscious lambs and, and 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 there's another guy across the street that has one ewe lamb and and he loves it so much it's like a daughter and he brings it into the house and cares for it. this guy has all these lambs uh, uh that has a visitor come over to eat and so instead of taking one of his lambs and cooking it and giving it to the visitor he goes over and takes this other lamb slaughters it feeds it to his his visitor and so nathan's telling david this man he says and he said what should be done to this man listen to what it says Verse 5, David was furious at this story. Okay, look at verse 5. It says, as surely as the Lord lives, he vowed any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. All right, just, David is mad. And, uh, and all of a sudden, Nathaniel says in verse 7, look what it says. It says, then Nathan, I said Nathaniel, Nathan said to David, you are the man. Okay. The story was about David. He was the one. And it goes on. It says, the Lord, God of Israel, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul and gave you your master's house and his wives and his king, the kingdom of Israel and Judah. And if that hadn't been enough, I would have given you much, much more. You see what, see what he did? God would have done so much more for him. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? Notice this. For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with a sword. He said, David, you're the one that murdered and stolen his wife. Okay, so what David was doing, he was hiding. He didn't want to face reality. He could have, he could have dealt with it a long time ago, right? And said, this was the year. A year had taken place. And he still had covered this sin. Act like it didn't even exist. Act like he did nothing wrong. Just, just going on with his life for a year. Then notice verse 10. 
The Lord says, from this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. Uriah's wife. Okay, the sword will never depart. What happened? Well, there was judgment on the house of David because he wouldn't face reality. That's what happens when we, when we don't face reality. I'm not the husband I should be. I'm not the wife I should be. I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to continue to be who I am. And, and, and don't worry about my kids. And don't worry about my finances. All that comes back to roost. Because now all of a sudden, years later, David, now listen very carefully. David, one of his sons, rapes his daughter. That's what it says. The sword will never depart from your house. His son rapes his daughter. Brother rapes his sister, and then he casts her aside. And then another brother hears about it, Solomon, and he kills him. Then Solomon takes the kingdom that Solomon, or not Solomon, um, Absalom. Absalom. Absalom kills his brother and then robs the kingdom from David. David has to flee from Absalom, and then Absalom sleeps with all of his wives. I mean, what a, what a disaster. And then his son dies. It was a horrible, horrible thing. And then God says, I will not take your life, David, but the sword will never depart from your house. Consequences. Let's just back up a little bit. Okay, let's just back up. What if David, right after he brought over that married wife, would have said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I blew it. I just blew it and i'm sorry rather than covering up his sin what it's possible that the baby that that david and um, bathsheba had might not have died i don't know that but might not have died and then the family chaos if he'd have just faced it said man i just blew it i'm totally a slug lord i'm just a mess i blew it rather than hiding and facing reality maybe then his brothers wouldn't have killed each other And maybe Absalom wouldn't have taken the kingdom from David and slept with his wives right there in front of the whole kingdom. Maybe none of this would have happened. We don't know. But it's better to face reality. Okay? That's the principles that we get from here. Okay? What a horrible, horrible thing that took place. So it's just a a conviction for us to quit living in denial. Face reality reality because we're living in america man we like to lie to ourselves the bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked who can know it we like to deceive ourselves oh i'm living right with the lord i'm walking with the lord and yet the bible talks about how that we can deceive ourselves we're so far from the lord there's going to be many of us who stand before the lord and be ashamed at that time so i want to give you four ideas four thoughts I want you to write these down. That will help you to face reality. How can I face reality? Give me four things, all right? We're doing pretty good, and then we'll be done. Because we all do this, okay? Number one, okay, assume you're missing it somewhere. Assume you're missing it somewhere. What do I mean by that? I mean, you just don't have it all. I mean, you have some of what we talked about earlier, some blind spots. Let's just talk about your raising your kids. You may think you have a corner on it, but trust me, there's probably somebody else that is doing it in a different way that would really help you in raising your kids because every kid is different. Can I hear an amen? Every one of them. It's amazing. You know, well, there's two things that amaze me about raising kids. 
Number one, how could I have that much love for anybody else? After I had three kids, it's like, I don't have room for any more love for anybody else. Boom, then Sissy comes along. Oh, I think I love her more than they, I love them. I mean, not really, but I mean, it's just like, where did this love come from? And then boom, boo-boo came along. It's like, what? Right? I mean, it's like five of them. It's just this, this, it's like God enlarged my love. And then all of a sudden, Dusty comes along. Who thinks he's the favorite, right? <laughs> now, we all know better, right? But the point is, I mean, it's just, it's, it's that, that amazing. And another thing amazing is how they're so different. They're all weird in their own ways. Amen? Seriously, they're just, they're completely, not, not a one is like the other. It's amazing. And so it's a challenge to raise kids. So I can, I can do good with the easygoing kid, right? I'm great at that. You just look at them and they start crying. Don't you love it? Oh, it's just great. I don't, the ones that I have trouble with is how far, how long do I beat this kid? Do, how, I mean, right? So it's good to get counseling on that area. All right, get some other input. Don't, don't think you have the corner on the market. Assume you're missing it somewhere. Don't let that pride, that video that we just watched, don't let, let's be honest with ourselves. All right, let's look at the scripture. I can, I can just ramble forever. Proverbs 28, 26. Look what it says here. Those who trust in their own insight. Who, I like the other translation. Says, Those who trust in their own minds, okay, are foolish. The other translation says they're fools. When, when you're only trusting in your own abilities and not God's and not others around you and get everybody's help in on this, you're a fool. We have, just to give you an illustration, we have some, there's a lot of churches around here that, that are just struggling. And so we're hearing about these churches and we're investigating and some of them are, are great opportunities, but with those opportunities come some challenges. So rather than, than me think, oh, I know exactly what we ought to do, I better get some help. Can I hear amen? You should do that with your families. You should do that with your marriages. Don't think. How many of you, when somebody comes up and says, uh, you're not doing it just the way you probably should, how many of you get your, your hair on your back just poom? You just kind of get, there's only one? We all do it. Every one of us get a little bristled when somebody gives us advice advice, and we did not ask for it. All right? But anyone who walks in wisdom, now notice this, is safe. Now let's back up a little bit. In other words, the first sentence, not only a fool, you're not safe. Does everybody see that? It's right there. You're not safe. When you're only trusting in your mind, you're in danger of falling or getting in bondage or something. You're not safe. So it's it's better safe than sorry. Number one, assume that you're missing it somewhere. Number two, believe that facing reality is better than living in denial. Facing reality is better than living in denial. Proverbs, same chapter. Look at verse 13. Proverbs 28, 13. Again, the book of Proverbs helps us to grow up in so many ways, spiritually, but as a dad, as a mom, as a friend, 
as a church member, okay, as a disciple or as a disciple, the, the book of Proverbs is profitable in every area to help us grow up, okay? Look at this. People who conceal their sin, and David is an example of this. David is an example. People who conceal their sin will not prosper, Okay? will not, we read this last week, didn't we? Will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, that is their sins, they will receive mercy. Okay, it's, it's better to face and humble yourselves and that you don't have it all together. I mean, seriously, we, we need to be humble people. The Bible talks about that over and over and over, that, that God, God, withstands the prideful person. The person that, that's a little cocky and thinks they got their whole life together and, and I don't need this and I don't need that. You know, but then he receives mercy who's open and honest and humble. Look what it says. Will receive mercy. Kindness from the Lord. Number three. Ask for help and be willing to receive it. Let me go a couple pr- verses here. Ask for help and be willing to receive it. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Look at this. Without wise leadership. Now, just think this through. Without wise leadership, what happens? A nation falls. Now, let's, let's put this in reverse. If a nation's going to fall, what about a family? If the leader of the family or the two adults in the family are not being adults, what's going to happen? They're going to fall. Not just a family, but a life. Make an application here. It says, uh, 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 without wise leadership, a nation is going to fall. But I believe without wise leadership, the family is going to fall. Without wise leadership, the person is going to fall. The church is going to fall without wise leadership. That's why we need to step up and be leaders in the church to help out. But notice this. There is safety in having many advisors. And this is, this is why it's so wild to me that preachers are so prideful. I mean, it doesn't even make sense because the Bible is over and over and over talks about humility. Why would the ones preaching the word of God be the ones that are cocky and be the ones that are proudful and not receive stuff from people? It, it doesn't even compute when you look at it that way. Uh, Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Look at one more. Plans go wrong for lack of of advice <laughs> okay now all of us have plans right we got plans we don't want them going wrong because we didn't ask for directions <laughs> and, and, and there's not a man here right isn't it great to have google now seriously i never have to ask for advice or for directions anymore it's right there however i still get lost okay Plans go wrong for a lack of advice. Many advisors. Now notice this. Bring what? Success to a nation. Success to a family. Success to an individual. Success is guaranteed when we humble ourselves and take in. That's why the Bible talks about, you know, with knowledge comes pride. Okay? But I appreciate that. That's good. Amen. Amen. Knowledge brings, it it just causes, so we have to understand there's so much more to learn. We've never arrived. And then last of all, uh, 
how in the world can we face reality? Make the adjustment. Make the adjustments. Okay? It's one thing to have all of the good stuff. And this is what's the problem with the church across America today. Okay? We're fat babies. We are fat, 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 fat babies. Spiritually. I didn't call you fat. Fat spiritual babies. Okay? All we do is we come to church and we take notes. And those good notes. We, we, we just take notes and we take notes and we take... And, and you need to take notes. If you're not taking notes, I promise you, I'll call you tomorrow and say, Hey, what did I preach on? Uh, I remember I remember one time I was, I was... We have Sunday night services and somebody said something about what I preached on Sunday morning. I couldn't, I couldn't draw it back. I mean, that's how quick it's a boom. So how do you expect the people to grab a hold of it? It's so... It's so easy. Where was I going with that? I just lost it, didn't I? Oh, take a notes. Take a notes. I, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> there was a major blind spot. Got your name in. All right. So, so here we are. Still know where I'm going. Taking notes. <laughs> Fat baby. That's good. That was the one. Thank you. Who did that? James? James the man. All right. Fat babies. That's why I want to nail it. This is what we do. We take notes Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, year after year after year. Amen? And how many of those sermons do we actually implement that change our lives? And it's not the sermons. Listen, I don't care about the sermons. It's the truth. All these verses I read, it's the verses. It's God's truth that give us abundant life and gives us that success. It's the Word of God. So the most important thing of all this message this morning is just implement it. Put it into practice. Use it. Because Proverbs, the whole purpose of Proverbs is to grow us up in all these areas of our lives. I mean, it's so vital that we don't remain babes. Especially, we don't want to be fat babes. We don't want to stand before the Lord one day and what you do with all those all those wonderful verses and all those wonderful truths, all the, the, the wonderful outlines that preacher, I mean, worked and slaved on. Amen? Of course, it's only been small here, but um, well, I did nothing with them. Really did nothing. Lord, have mercy on us. Amen? So let's make application. Put it into practice. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much uh, for your word. Lord, we... We want to be a church that actually raises up adults, that make decisions based on your word, that, that adjust our lives to your word. Not your word adjusting to our thinking, but we adjust to your book. Father, how we pray this morning that, that the word of God does not fall today on deaf ears. Lord, help us to be humble. Oh, God, help us not to have to pay and the consequences like David because we ignored the marriage. We ignored our children. We just, we didn't want to fight. We didn't want to stand up and, and face because standing up and facing the truth, there's a fight. Adjusting to your word, it's hard. But God, help us not to live in denial. Help us to make application. So, Father, wherever you touched hearts and lives, I pray your Holy Spirit would help us to make application this entire week. 
And Father, we'll give you the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Let's all stand this morning. Now, we're not going to have an invitation, but we're just going to have a moment of silence. Okay, this is, this is specifically for you. That, so just, just close your eyes and bow your heads. This is just an, a time. Because once we, Jason starts talking, we take the offering and then we're gone. It doesn't give you that moment to make adjustments. So if God put his finger on anything in your life, I mean anything, why don't right now, close your eyes, bow your heads, why don't you and the Lord just talk about that for a minute? Talk to him before we take off and get ramped up again. Just a moment. Just a moment. You and him. Maybe it's how you treat your children. Maybe it's how you don't treat your children. Maybe it's how you treat your wife or you don't treat your wife or your husband. Maybe it's the way you behave at work. Just you and God.